This is the Pretzel Podcast, a podcast about pretzels. We take you now to the International Pretzel Command Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to another episode of the Pretzel Podcast. I'm Mitch Tyke. And I'm Michelle Maternowski. We're your pretzel concierge service offering you guidance in the complex snack environment. And it is a time... <laughs> I always like making you read stuff that I've yeah. written. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really informative sentence. <laughs> <laughs> have we called you up? Uh, have, we, have we described ourselves as pretzel sommeliers yet? I forget. Um, if we haven't, we should. So next time around, yeah, we'll anytime we can attach French snooty words to uh, bite a little bit of the pretzel off and swirl it around in your mouth <laughs> and spit it back into the bag. <laughs> Gross. You know, you said uh, complex snack environment. It's a time of year when people are reaching for pretzels more often. Whether you know, there there are all these trendy kind of Christmas winter markets out there, and say what you want about them, but a lot of them have Bavarian soft pretzels available. I went to the state fair this summer, and there was a lot of different pretzel stands. So if that's any kind of, oh. like, indication of what the, the Christmas market might be like, I think you're going to be in good shape <laughs> when it comes to eating pretzels. Well, and it's also the time of year that you see the pretzels in the festive holiday shapes, right? Yeah. Um, I saw the big bag with <laughs> the Christmas trees and the, the circle. It's the, the, the old Dutch, right? Yeah. They're back. And some other companies, I think Rolled Gold has gotten in on the action this year as well. Yeah, there was one that looked like it had was like filled with peanut butter and covered in chocolate for Christmas. It huh. looked pretty good. Peanut butter being the traditional Christmas food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, so the other thing that came up uh, today, um, I got to play Pretzel Matchmaker, and it features two previous guests of the Pretzel Podcast. What does that mean? All right, so. I was chatting with Ann Christensen. She's the dining critic at Milwaukee Magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, she shared her pretzel memory on this show a while ago and then wrote about us in the pages of Milwaukee Magazine. And I let it drop that we had interviewed Dot Henke. Of she jealous? Dot's Homes. She had never heard of Dot's oh. Homestyle Pretzels. And conveniently, I had a snack-sized bag of Dot's Home Style pretzels in my office. <laughs> because you always carry pretzels or Dot's pretzels with you. Important at all to do times. that. Yes. Uh, so I popped it out and uh, let her try her first Dot's Home Style pretzel. Life-changing experience. I, I think it was actually. Yeah. We got to talking a little bit about Gardettos, and I think uh, Gardettos are still on our bucket list of pretzel podcast topics down there. But she brought the bag, uh, the bag back to the Milwaukee Magazine offices, and I'll be curious to hear how they survive the. I, I think the very discerning palates of the Milwaukee Magazine writers. She might not have even made it back to the the magazine with the pretzels if it's the snack size. You thinking she sat in her car after she finished and just scarfed the whole thing down? not wanting to share. Yeah. Typical. Typical Anne. (laughs) (laughs) The other pretzel development worth mentioning in my world, I don't know if there are pretzel developments in your world. um, I also um, introduced someone to Dot's Pretzels. I had some friends visiting from Colorado, so they're outside of the Midwest and had never heard of of them before, and they were very happy with (laughs) me offering them some. Uh, we're so obsessed with Dots pretzels. Well, and you know, somebody forwarded me an article. Uh, this didn't make it into pretzels in the news. Maybe it should have. But there, there's an article, um, a story on a South Dakota television station about Coop's pretzels, which I have tried before. I feel like 
We we had a bag before this okay. before right before we even started making the podcast. They are in the same family as dots, not not literally the same family, but the the same kind of general uh, genre as dots. Only made in South Dakota, uh, and apparently are a cult pretzel favorite in South Dakota now. <laughs> it's like this North slash South rivalry. <laughs> we might have to take that on in a future episode. <laughs> the Battle of the Dakotas. Um, so my other pretzel development worth mentioning uh, is the pretzel I had at a Wisconsin Badgers hockey game not long ago. Was it delicious? It was delicious. What's interesting, so you go to the Kohl Center, which is where the Badgers basketball and hockey teams play. And I think we had heard about this. Somebody told you about the— To look for them at the football game. At the football game. But I was— like one day away from having a baby, so I you didn't make it to the football to game. To the football game. Uh, so it turns out they have them at hockey games, and I'm assuming basketball games as well. But what's interesting is I was I we got there and I walked past a concession stand and it just had a sign for Bavarian soft pretzels along with the nachos and the hot dogs and various sausages. This being Wisconsin, and I thought eh, Bavarian soft pretzels. What could be interesting about that? And then I saw somebody carrying a differently branded soft pretzel around that said Ben's Soft Pretzels. So they have two different kinds of pretzels they that they sell? They do. They have the, the run-of-the-mill food service Bavarian soft pretzels, which may or may not have been good. I, I probably should have tried one of them as well. Uh, and then they have a dedicated soft pretzel stand from this company called Ben's. I gather it is a franchise based in Indiana, and they're around Indiana, uh, the Chicagoland area as well. And then they are at um, Camp Randall Stadium and the Kohl Center in Madison, Wisconsin. So I got to try one. And, you know, the interesting thing about these soft pretzels, first of all, very tasty. Very, so how big are they? Um, size of your head? They're not the size of your head. And in fact, they are much more of a Philadelphia style soft pretzel, which is to say that they're very uh, compact. The, the holes almost don't exist. Um, they're, they're in the general soft pretzel shape. You know the the standard mm -hmm. uh, the standard praying arms, or if you will, um, but it's very much kind of folded together, and it's a very bready pretzel. It's not um, you wouldn't see them using lye or maybe even baking soda on these. Um, it feels Are they more like golden. A, Brown? Yes, oh, golden okay. brown, exactly. And they have them in a variety of flavors. You've got your cinnamon ones and uh, your garlic uh, and your butter pretzels. And I had the traditional salt uh, and dipped it into cheese. It was very bready and very tasty. I quite enjoyed it. It reminded me in a lot of ways, and I think I have yet to actually tell this pretzel memory story on the Pretzel Podcast. Just so many things flooding back to you as you were biting into this pretzel at the Kohl Center. <laughs> it reminds me of the soft pretzels I used to get outside Red Sox games when I would go to visit my grandparents in Boston. And uh, there's a very famous, uh, uh, very famous story uh, that my brother and I share about getting into a soft pretzel fight on the platform. <laughs> of the tea stop outside of Fenway Park that I should probably save that story for the beginning of baseball season. Okay. <laughs> but these are very we'll just, familiar tasting pretzels. You know, make up our own stories in our minds of what a pretzel <laughs> fight is. I'm just picturing you at the Cole Center like biting into this pretzel and then like a single tear rolling down your cheek <laughs> and your wife's like, Mitch, why are you crying? And you're like, I'm thinking about my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't maybe that moving an experience. There was a hockey game I'll going on after all. We're done. That's what happened. <laughs> 
Anyway, very tasty. Uh, it would have been nice to bring it back so that we could sample it on the pretzel podcast, but this is not the kind of pretzel that has a very long shelf life, I wouldn't believe. I'll have to go to a, a basketball or, or hockey game just for the pretzel. For sure. So we have a few things to get to on this episode, and the first of them is maybe pretzels in the news. Okay, yeah. Pretzel in the news. What do you got for me, Puss? Not just me, for us. <laughs> so do you ever watch those animal shows that seem to have replaced uh, Bugs Bunny and Friends on Saturday morning television? They like wildlife veterinarians and uh, Jack Hanna's animal adventures and, and all of those things. Yeah, and some of them just look like little clips that you would see on like, YouTube of an animal doing a <laughs> funny thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like America's Funniest Videos with animals? Yes, yeah, some of them are a little more educational okay. than that. But uh, this story in Pretzels in the News seems like it was taken straight from a show called Daring Wildlife Suburban Rescues. <laughs> <laughs> it was reported in a number of places. I'm going to quote from Newsday, which is the uh, the newspaper on Long Island. Uh, there was a deer, and I, I think it was first spotted by people who shared it on social media in this uh, town or community called Mastic Beach, which I believe is on Long Island. Uh, a deer that they nicknamed Jughead, which had less to do with Archie Comics than with the fact that it had gotten its head caught in an Utz Halloween mm. pretzel container, which is sad and funny all at the same breathe. time. Could still breathe. Okay. What it could not do was eat, and so I gather this— How long did he have the bucket stuck on his head for? There were reportings of uh, of sightings of this deer over the course of a few days, actually. So not like years. No, not years, no. there's Jughead. And one hopes that maybe there were pretzels in it originally, which is why the deer put its head in in the first place. And uh, But clearly the, the deer was getting more and more— freaked out, as as you would, over the course of time. And so um, various neighbors reported sightings. They tried to help, but it would always run off. It was obviously getting um, dehydrated because there's not any water in this thing. Um, And a group called Strong Island Animal Rescue finally managed to corner it and... And I've seen there's there's a video of this I'm that have to exists. Go watch this. Uh, yeah, we'll post we'll post a link to it. Okay. I don't. It, it's uh, honestly, I mean, it's disturbing, but also heartwarming that they were able to successfully free Save the, deer, the uh, yeah. deer's head from this uh, jug. They finally, the deer wasn't very happy about it, but they were able to hold on to the deer long enough to to pull the the pretzel jar off of its head, and it ran off and seemed lived to be happily fine. ever after. As far as we know. Poor deer. So uh, Jughead the deer is doing all right. (laughs) That reminds me of, um, you know how soda cans come in those with the plastic around it that keeps them together. You're supposed to trim that. Cut them apart so then birds can't get stuck in it. So I, when I was little, I was doing that and I... Uh, cut into really little pieces because <laughs> I wanted to make sure no animal could get stuck in it. And I remember doing it. And my mom's like, well, now they're going to eat them and choke. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I just can't. I must have been like seven or so. And it was just so sad to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you never saw an animal choke on these, though. No, I just imagined it happening. <laughs> Uh, so there's been no comment from the Utz people. Everybody's very, very specific it, well, about this being. Yes, <laughs> everyone has been very specific that it was in fact an Utz Halloween pretzel container, and I think they know it was Halloween because it was orange. Are they going to make animal cruelty-free Utz pretzel? 
It's a good jars. question. It does speak to the need to recycle these containers in a secure recycling bin. Yeah. For sure. Well, I'm glad the deer's okay. I'm glad the deer's okay, It was kind of a okay sad too. pretzel in the news. But uh, thanks for sharing. It had a happy ending, though. That's true. Don't reach for the snack bowl just yet. Instead, why not leave us a review or a comment at the iTunes store? Or share your love for pretzels by telling friends about the Pretzel Podcast. Let them know they can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and NPR One. We have a special couple of guests on today's show. I had a chance to chat not long ago uh, with the hosts of America's Test Kitchen. How cool is that? Uh, it was pretty cool. I was talking to them actually at our local PBS station. They were in town to do some events, and we talked actually at the TV stations uh, on the set, the kitchen set. So we were sitting around as though we were in a real kitchen uh, that just happened to be made of things that they would make a set out of. So Were there ingredients to make pretzels at this set? Uh, there were not, but funny you should mention that because we are going to start with a pretzel memory from host Julia Collin Davison and then also hear one from Bridget Lancaster. But beyond that... We also had a chance because they talk a lot about food on their show. I thought it would be good to talk to the professionals about how they talk about food. Uh, but first, let's hear... See how off we are yeah, exactly. <laughs> talking about food. <laughs> uh, but first, let's hear that pretzel memory from Julia Collin Davidson. Pretzel memories come through all the time. I just remember all those moments. Had pretzel and some wine, I guess. I don't I give the best years of my life with a pretzel in my hand. But that gets difficult to think about because I don't have a brass band. It didn't make sense, but it's okay. We're talking about pretzels today. Pretzel podcasts all the way. Pretzel podcasts all the way. It was one of the first recipes I cooked at home when I was little because I was in a brownie troupe. And as brownie, it must have been one of the standard recipes they gave brownie troops to earn your cooking badge. And that's what we did. We made pretzels. And basically it was baked dough. There was no, there was no, you know, the dumping in the lye. No, there was no <laughs> lye or salt water or baking soda or whatever. So they were it was just basically dark bread with, sh with uh, pretzel salt on top. Getting the special pretzel salt was a big deal. Uh, so did but, you get a pretzel badge for that, or it was just a cooking <laughs> It was badge? just a cooking badge. They should have a pretzel <laughs> yeah. badge. Everyone uh, should have a pretzel badge. <laughs> <laughs> and recently I was in Philadelphia, and they have these dark brown hard pretzels. They almost look burnt. Uh, almost, I'd almost call them Cajun. We talked about, uh, we talked about the word pecant uh, <laughs> to describe a certain variety of pretzel. Yes, uh, and I love those. Those are particularly, but they seem regional. And definitely in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> <laughs> Any pretzel memories of your own? Uh, well, I, you know, I'd never met a pretzel I didn't like. Um, I, my grandfather used to make rolls out of the pretzel, like mm, pretzel it was great. called. Um, but I live near uh, a place uh, that is a German sausage house. And actually in my freezer, we just picked them up last weekend. In my freezer, there are the giant pretzels that they make this time of year for Oktoberfest. And uh, so, yeah, when I go home, I'm going to have a giant Carl's pretzel. <laughs> mm. yeah. And it's malty, 
and it's salty, and it's perfect. So one of the things that we do uh, on every episode of this podcast we produce is we try a couple of different brands of pretzel, and we try to, using you know what we think of as the vernacular of pretzels, describe whether they are good or bad, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people, you, know, you, you two are pros at this. What's the language we ought to be using, whether we're describing, uh, you know, any kind of food or pretzels specifically without, you know, falling into the realm of, well, this is really subjective. Yeah. Uh, Well, first of all, there's a difference between taste and flavor. Taste, there's just four tastes, sweet, salty, sour, and bitter. And and then there's umami, which is the meaty flavor. Everything else is through your nose. So um, when you think about taste as smells more than tastes, that starts to open up. You think about perfume or you think about smelling. The other thing I've witnessed in the kitchen is we start moving into art paint terms to describe things. Not taste terms, but this tastes dark, this tastes light, this has a sprinkling of light, this has a deep undercurrent of something. And so you start thinking about sort of art terms, uh, and that pops up a lot. I think it's we, it's a good idea to go beyond, oh, this tastes good, and this tastes delicious, <laughs> yeah. this tastes bad. It's, that doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't mean anything. It points you in the right direction, but it, it, you know, it's just like asking your kids how school was that day. You want to hear more than, it was good, it was bad. You want to know why. So in the case of pretzels, toasted, uh, bitter, um, I think that can definitely happen depending on what you boil the pretzels in. Molasses, blackstrap smoky, malty. That malty is one of the flavors that I always get. Um, weedy, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's made with uh, a coarser wheat sour. If you're in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. a lot of those are sourdough pretzels. Um, How about textures? Tug, chew, resistance. Um, Hurts the top of my mouth. Right. Breaks the top a, of your mouth. a good thing for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know how that's sort of like Captain Crunch cereal just rips up the Absolutely. top of your mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Molar crunching, what your teeth sound like can also be good, how dry your mouth gets. Um, and also, I like to think of flavors. There's the first flavor, there's a middle flavor, and then there's the finish. So, and you think about that in terms of texture. You know, it started off crunchy, but then it dissolved in my mouth to a paste. And then it felt like, and a lot of times I find myself saying, well, it turned into dough in my mouth and it never went beyond that. So I'm just chewing on dough right now. I feel like we need to step up our game uh, when it comes to. Our taste tests—they really do know what they're talking about. It's um, and it's honestly, like this is their profession or something. <laughs> I felt encouraged. There are some things, especially when we talked about crunch. Mm-hmm. I think back on some of the crunchiest pretzels that we've tried, and I think we we kind of accurately portrayed like the Tell City pretzels. Uh, those are definitely molar crunching, uh, earth shaking. I don't even know how to describe how crunchy those pretzels were, but there are the idea of using art terms. Kind of interesting, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm. We have three different varieties in front of us today, and I'm going to make a concerted effort to try to step up my game. Okay. I wish we had a, a printout of all the words that they just said, so that we could be like that one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> These are good. <laughs> we'll see if we can do that organically, and if we can't, we'll we'll have a printout for the next one. Okay. Maybe put it up inside the Pretzel Podcast World Headquarters. Um, and another takeaway from that before we dig into our pretzels is I feel like we should lobby the Girl Scouts to create a pretzel-making badge. Yes. That would be amazing. I will bring that up with my Girl Scout daughter. Good, good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> She's uh, looking for a gold project to do, which is see? like a big thing. Is that – could one of them be to create a new badge? Maybe. See? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. I'm glad we have that connection. So what are we talking about when we uh, get into crunch time today? 
Well, the theme for today is pretzel crackers. And I guess we will decide, are they more pretzel? Are they more? Can there be a pretzel cracker? Is that even? I don't know. Uh, I don't know that we need to bring in our pretzel philosopher (laughs) on this one, but I think what we've learned is if we want to call it a pretzel cracker and think of it as its own thing, distinct from pretzels and distinct from what the Germans think of as pretzels, then then by golly, why not? A whole new category. So you took a trip to Aldi and picked up these crackers. Uh, How would you pronounce this, Mitch? Uh, I, and I would like to point out that I am not a trained German. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nor do I speak German, but I believe it is Deutsche Küche, which, if I am not mistaken, which I very well may be, I think means German kitchen. You said it very nicely. Thank you. Um, Big fan of the umlaut. (laughs) So I'm sure many of you are familiar with Aldi. Uh, It's a discount supermarket chain. It started with two brothers they created two separate groups, and the one that we know in the U.S. is Aldi Sud. Right. There's Aldi Nord and Aldi Sud, which is just north and south, and uh, and I guess they divvied up the international market, huh? Wait, actually, both of them operate in the United States with 1,600 stores. Huh. So we got— Oh, both, yes. So I have no idea whether I purchased this at an Aldi Nord or Aldi Sud. I wonder you can even tell the difference between the two. Hmm. And then— Maybe the Aldi Nords are kept colder. I'm sure that's it. (laughs) Um, And then there's a relationship to Trader Joe's, which is a part of the Aldi Nord strand of of that, which they also have many, many of their own pretzels. Um, And I know a lot of people tend to uh, think that there is a great deal of similarity in some of what they sell at both Aldi and Trader Joe's. So, and we have no way of confirming whether you can get exactly these same pretzel crackers at Trader Joe's under a different name. But uh, yeah, it's probably a different packaging and a little bit more expensive. <laughs> um, so we should try these. And look at this. You actually actually tell us that uh, Deutsche Küche translates to German cuisine. So you're close. I was close. Um, so this is taken from an Aldi reviewer site that I found, which is called AldiReviewer.com. Um, and they gave a little bit of background on um, this this German product line that they carry. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> Some people are such big fans of Aldi's German food that they bar- buy large quantities of cornicons? Uh, cornichons. Cornichons. They're like teeny little pickles. Oh, okay. Uh, peanut puffs. Doppelkecks? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I think they're small cakes. They might be like, like little waffle cakes. So these products appear in the stores and people kind of stock up on them because you're not sure when they're going to come back. So I guess this was a good find. I'm not sure if it's available all the time. Uh, I don't think it's available all the time. So, so let's try them. The, the packaging really doesn't have much on it except for a picture of the pretzel and um, that it's a premier premium cracker that has a delectable I can't talk today. That's all right. Much. Here, you can read off the packaging. <laughs> so there's a picture. A pic, uh, and now I can't. Apparently, when you hold the bag of pretzel crackers, you, you lose the ability to talk. Uh, so there is a picture of a castle on it, and your research turns up that it is a photo of Neuschwanstein Castle in Bavaria. I'm really which, glad you're saying the German words. <laughs> Uh, it's good that the, it's a castle from Bavaria because, of course, Bavaria is home of the pretzel's birth. And uh, these are small disc-shaped pretzel crackers. I'm going to take a handful. I think I have three here. Okay. 
They're pretty small. You, if they're you like, were going to um, have like cheese a, with them, they'd ha- it'd have to be a pretty small piece of cheese. But there's something printed on them, isn't there? It's a crest of some sort, maybe. Or a bat. Oh <laughs> no! It's this. Cre- it's this. Um, Is it the castle? It's this lion with wings. Ah, crest okay. That's stamped into them. They're kind of the size of a church wafer that you would get. <laughs> It is our first embossed pretzel. Okay, let's try these. All right. They're nice and flaky. They're very flaky. They're definitely a cracker. They're definitely a cracker. Are they pretzel-y enough for you? To use the America's Test Kitchen terminology, I don't know that they are dark enough to be pretzel They're pretzel-like, maybe? Yeah, I'm not getting a... I don't know if it was in a lye bath. Maybe they used. They're flaky like a saltine. But kind of tastes like a Ritz cracker a little bit. Like if... if a saltine and <laughs> a Ritz. offspring of a saltine <laughs> and a Ritz cracker. It's got, a, it's got a little salty kick to it. Like a cracker. <laughs> like a cracker, right, exactly. I would imagine that like a cheddar cheese spread would taste nice on yeah, this. Yeah, I think that would be good. Um, I... I think it falls more under a cracker than a pretzel, though. I wouldn't necessarily feel like I'm eating a pretzel if I bought these. Right. So if someone handed this to you and didn't tell you what it was called, would you think pretzel? No. It's not even quite the right pretzel. It, it borders in your on mouth. pretzel color, and it does stick in your mouth the way a saltine would. Mm-hmm. Maybe these are the pretzel to eat if you're coming off of a stomach bug. <laughs> <laughs> With some Sprite. <laughs> and I was going to say ginger ale, but sure, yes. <laughs> okay, so well, let's, maybe we'll like the next one more. I was thinking of that quote that um, was left in the pretzel memories of, I never met a pretzel I didn't like. And I'm like, that could be our slogan, but we've met quite a few pretzels that we haven't liked, so <laughs> it couldn't work out for us. We've never met a pretzel that we haven't eaten. That's true. We will eat any pretzel. And we're not, yeah. At least once. Okay, so you also bought these, and where did you get these? This came from? from Meyer, actually, oh. in a section in the ethnic food section. This was the uh, Jewish ethnic food section. So, along with the gefilte fish and the matzahs, uh, this is actually. Um, I don't know that these are traditional Jewish pretzels. They just happen to be imported from. Israel? Israel, yes. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if you were waiting for me to answer. <laughs> so they're called Bagel Bagel, correct? They are called Bagel Bagel. It's the, um, I guess, transliterated version of the word bagel. It's instead of B-A-G-E-L, this is B-E-I-G-E-L, but I think in general, Bagel Bagel. Uh, this company has been around since 1880, and we have the sesame rings, which are um, pretzels as the package says, uh, baked, not fried. Let's see, what else do we have? The <laughs> I wasn't able to find too much out about this company online. I believe it's a sub-brand of, of Unilever, huh. which is a huge company. Um, right, big international like food conglomerates crazy. and food and consumer products conglomerate. Um, yeah, 
According to my notes, it says, a random site says, salty and savory snacks from this Israeli food company include a variety of pretzels and crackers in a mix of spicy and Mediterranean flavor options, all baked, not fried, for a healthier snack option. And so we think, we haven't opened these yet, we think they have substituted sesame seeds for salt, right? We will find out. Let's let's crack these open. And one of our colleagues here at Pretzel World headquarters uh, mentioned that it might be because they would be a nice uh, snack to dip into hummus. Did you bring any hummus for us? I did us? not. Sorry. It's okay. Because she didn't suggest that until just before we came in the studio. So why did you think that this fit into the pretzel cracker category, or did you just want to try them? Uh, largely on the basis that it was a sesame snack. And I kind of thought of this as a dipping, you know, uh, as something just the the lack of salt kind of reminded me of something that felt more cracker-like than pretzel-like. Salt is one of the ingredients, but it's fourth on the list. Yeah, and now that I'm looking more closely at it, it has both sesame seeds and salt, I think. Nice little mixture. Okay, try them out. Very sesame-y. Yeah. The sesame flavor kind of takes over the the whole pretzels, so you're really just tasting the sesame seeds. Well, they say pretzels, and then the subtitle under them is, in fact... Sesame rings. It almost reminds me of a breadstick. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we, like one of those breadsticks you get with the salad or the soup at a restaurant that comes yeah. coated in sesame seeds. Yeah. I feel like it has a weird aftertaste. It has some of the hallmarks of a pretzel. It has those um, grill lines. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a it's a golden brown color. Um, I don't think I like them. Though. Stale aftertaste. <laughs> yeah, you... like the taste just kind of lingers in your mouth, but it's no longer a sesame flavor that lingers. I don't know. Kind of a cardboard. <laughs> Honestly, if it truth starts be told. with sesame and ends with cardboard. Okay, so I'm back to liking the Aldi pretzel crackers. <laughs> right? What'd you think? I mean, what would you think of dipping these things into hummus? Um, I think I would rather dip something else, like the Deutsche. Yeah. Kuche. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for for buying them. They were fairly competitively priced. I think these were a dollar ninety nine. Okay. Which, when you're talking about a cardboard pretzel snack, is probably pretty good. <laughs> Didn't break the bank. No. <laughs> uh, so my contribution to our uh, pretzel cracker tasting is Townhouse's pretzel flip sides. I think I remember when these first came out. I do, too. Um, and I was really excited when I saw them at the store. And I'm like, Mom, can we get these? And then I remember not being super impressed. So we'll see if that's how I still they've feel up their game. about them. Because <laughs> you look at the back of the box, and these are definitely in the in the cracker category because they have them right next to townhouse crackers and like the pita triangle-shaped crackers. Yeah, when you think of townhouse, too, you think of of crackers. They started off with uh, like the buttery oval crackers in 1940. Um and then they became so it was the United Biscuit Company, and then that became Keebler, and and Townhouse is a part of that, and it's another one of those big food groups. Keebler's now part of Kellogg's, that right? That owns yeah. everything. Um, so yeah, so these these will be our first pretzels made by elves, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe we should be trying them around St. Patrick's Day. No, I guess that, that's leprechauns. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I would say elves are more Christmas. For, yeah, for that's Santa probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. So the thing with these is that it's supposed to have a cracker on one side and a pretzel on the other side. So I'm wondering, do they soak them in a really, really shallow lye bath or maybe just... Um, Find some treatment to make them look more like pretzels because they look like pretzels all around. Actually, I would say the, the bottom the is lighter, bath. but uh, yeah, it just has a darker color on the top, if you will, one the, side of them. The top is a little shiny too. That's from the elves. <laughs> <laughs> These are our first boxed pretzels, right? That there's a box with a bag inside, like it's yeah. uh, like it's pretzel cereal or something. I think Snyder's. The sourdough, those come in a box, but I don't think we've actually had those on, on this. Okay, you ready? Anything else we should know from the uh, from the nutrition label? Um, Just that they're the perfectly munchable combination of pretzel on one side and cracker on the other. Huh. Is, well, we'll try. We'll try them, then we'll see if we can. Then we'll see if we can eat one side but not the other. <laughs> that would be impressive. Also flaky. On one side. <laughs> we should say they're like a centimeter thick. Right, exactly. Less than a centimeter, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe less than a centimeter. You know, I'm perceiving more of a combination of pretzel and cracker in these than I did on the Aldi ones. I'm kind of choking a little bit right now. But that's, <laughs> I, I like them more than I remember liking them when I was little. More of a legitimate hybrid. Because my tastes have become more refined. <laughs> And you're evaluating this from a pretzel standpoint mm-hmm. as opposed to just a snack food standpoint. And I'm sure to put the the pretzel side of the cracker down on my tongue <laughs> to oh. try to get the, you know, maximum pretzel taste that I can. Well, now I have to try that. <laughs> totally different experience for you. A little bit. Um, I mean, it's not a pretzel, right? Yeah, it's a cracker but with a nice kind of flaky top to it. And again, and I don't a cheddar I'm... cheese spread would be good on this. So good. We should have brought that yeah. with us. Um, yeah, but it's – it almost reminds me of um, like a biscuit almost that hmm. – like the flaky layers on it. And I don't necessarily consider like a flaky layer to be equivalent to a pretzel. Pretzel, yeah. There's a there's kind of a buttery taste to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what the, the elf shine is. <laughs> I, I would say out of this, the three that we've tried, I probably like these the most, but I think they also have probably the most butter and salt <laughs> on them, so maybe it's that that I'm enjoying. I would. I was just going to say, actually, the salt content of these is probably the best of all three. Yeah, I just lick off the butter <laughs> flavoring. <laughs> so pretzel crackers are crackers trying to take advantage of pretzel love that people have. Right, because when you think about it, the kind of applications that a pretzel shares with a cracker, unless you wanted to put slices of cheese on top, in which case a traditional pretzel would be difficult to do that with, just about anything else you could do with a cracker, you could do with a traditional pretzel, right? But if you have some particularly innovative ideas for things you can do with a pretzel, Get in touch with us. Besides eat it. 
Besides eat, yeah, right? That's right. not innovative, right? Well, we have seen pretzel art. There was that art gallery. Um, that's all. I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, send them to us on social media at Pretzel Podcast on Twitter. Uh, also, pretzelpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have a picture of an innovative pretzel use, uh, send it to us at Pretzel Podcast we on would, Instagram. We'd like to see that, like an outfit made out of pretzels. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but until then, I'm Mitch. And I'm Michelle, and I hope your holidays are filled with pretzels. Thanks for listening to The Pretzel Podcast, produced in the studios of WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, and distributed by the Broadcasting Service of the Pretzel Institute of Technology. Pretzel.